2: Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live Podcast. I am James Cope. We got... MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, Merry day after Christmas,
3: everybody. I like mm. it. Happy
2: holidays to all the listeners out there. Alex Gelhar, the kid from Wisconsin. What's
3: cracking? I'm tired and looking forward to a real weekend in five days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we've got uh, West Virginia's finest, the wide receiver prognosticator himself, Matthew Harmon. Hi. I, I think I checked all the boxes there, did I not? Yeah, all yeah. the things to weird me out. Right, good, perfect. Yep. Uh, cool. Best right. Christmas present you guys got?
3: Uh, probably I, I you know older don't get a lot I ask for a lot of stuff or need a lot of stuff. But right. I wanted to uh, buff up my Nick Cage movie collection, and a family member. got I'm sorry, me. what? Yeah, Nick Cage movies. <laughs> Nick Cage is a is a national treasure, pun intended. And uh, I oh, believe uh, more people what? need to dive into his uh, cinema library. So I got a, he got me a five pack, uh, and it's Blu-rays that included like Drive <laughs> Angry. Season of the Witch, <laughs> um Bangkok Dangerous, Lord of War oh, and Kickass were the 5. So Man. It was, that, it was a good haul right there.
2: That is a train wreck of movies.
3: <laughs> no, it's a beautiful disaster. Oh
2: my Sounds
1: God. like a cage fight in the mat in the making. Okay.
2: Duh. Okay. I got you. All right. Uh MG, what's your best Christmas gift, man? Um Wow, that's a good call. Um you know, by the way, it, it's funny that you mentioned that uh Wiz because uh, I was just having this conversation with um with one of my in-laws the other day, when you're younger, you're so stoked about Christmas mm-hmm. for getting the gifts, right? But you know you're getting older when you start to expect gifts less and less. Mm-hmm. I'm at the age now where I'm like, I'm not sure I'm going to get one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not even from the wife, huh? Yeah, I mean, because she, she'll give me stuff like, hey, hey, here's uh, here's a new trash can because we really need it. <laughs> you know, This what will help everybody Right You know what I mean Like that's And so You know and, But uh, Heaven forbid I do the exact same thing uh, I, would say, I would say mine would, It's a toss up
1: between The uh, The Star Wars Stormtrooper pajamas Oh
2: Huge oh, Or nice. the
1: um, Because lately My family has Been on this kick And I'm not complaining Of giving me cookbooks For uh, Cookbooks whole, Yeah um, And so One yeah. of them, One that's of the cookbooks I got this year was uh, basically, recipes for making meals in bowls because most of the meals I eat are out of a bowl. Yeah, nowadays. well,
2: that's the way to go. So I got a recipe about
1: smarter. meals in bowls, and then to go along with it, a set of matching bowls.
2: Oh, okay. Is it coffee table material? that th- Those cookbooks? Because, I mean, there is something called the internet. Um I mean some of them are, but you know some there's something cool about like having
1: cookbooks along a the theme. Like I have a I have a really nice Cuban cookbook. I okay. have a, I have a New Orleans themed cookbook. Okay. Now I've got this one about foods in bowls.
3: Also <laughs> I, I will I was just gonna say in defense of cookbooks, it's a lot yes. easier to have it in the kitchen, yes, open it up, oh true. here's the recipe. Not like laptop don't get anything on that's it. <laughs> don't put it by right. heat. Because like when that's, I try to when I try to yeah. use my phone
1: for recipes, that's I'm always like worried about I'm going to drop yeah. it into the or, pot or, or that
3: phone falls asleep and then I you're was gonna like say, hitting yeah, it with your wrist, thing. like trying yeah. to like wake it back up to get the recipe up. I yeah. got you now. That's
4: that's the most okay. annoying thing. Fair oh, enough. Yeah, I, totally I like agree. it, Matt Harmon. Yeah, I got a lot. I got a lot of pretty cool stuff. Uh, my mom got me the uh, the Alexa, the Amazon thing. Yeah, yeah. So far though, I haven't really found out like. It's almost one of the full uses for it, but it is pretty cool to yell at it, like "Hey, play this song on Spotify," and it just does. That's, oh, nice! That's our cool. apartment.
3: Uh, is you know, now, I uh, just the rule of the yeah. Robot I mean,
4: overlords. I've completely just submitted to the fact that our robot overlords <laughs> are going to rule over my living domain and whatever. I am trying to oh, get on their good side early before gonna, they I'm start out. imprisoning <laughs> us three years I from. See. So, so that's probably the coolest one. Right. And but my mom did, and and her. Uh, breaking news Great uh news. fiance now Oh, Steve my mom and Steve, mom oh. and Steve got engaged uh, on christmas which is pretty corny but very wonderful for them uh, they hit the uh, I don't know much about Steve but that seems up his alley yeah, no, it's, it was not. When when she told me, I was like, "Yeah, that's pretty par for the course for Steve." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but they sent me a whole bunch of Nike stuff because they just opened up a clearance outlet by the house, and like apparently they got a bunch of stuff for dirt cheap. Great. So I got a lot of workout clothes Great. to lose all this fat from Christmas. Wow.
1: Okay. Wow. That was that was hard. Wow. That was that
4: was way. That's, so how, you much. Got, that's how you got to motivate yourself. Kind of fat shame yourself.
2: Yeah. Fat okay. shame yourself. Okay. Kind I of impressive. like it. Uh, best gift I got was a GoPro. My wife got me the GoPro. Ooh, uh, fine. Going to be utilizing that on uh, Baby Co. relatively soon here. That was, so, oh, uh, that's smart. Can I uh, borrow that? <laughs> I, I, haven't u- I haven't used have I haven't even cracked it open yet. But I go, it goes above the trash can, huh? <laughs> it goes above the trash can. <laughs> that is true. Uh, we got a big-time show in front of us here today. Um, look, I, it's championship week has basically finished. Last games are today. I mean, although there are some serious assets going today. You know what I mean? Uh, you got Zeke Elliott and uh, Dak Prescott, those kind of things. And, and I get it. Um, that being said, most championships, I would imagine, are done in, in the books. If you play in Week 17, don't do that, yeah, well, and, that and that's what i was 17. saying yeah. uh so you know and again we could do the whole week 17 waiver. i mean we're gonna get to waiver wire but we could do we're all that gloss
3: over it quick. but i mean you know we'll we'll still get your top headlines and do I, waiver wire and all that but i will make one quick case for playing in week 17 oh, oh no, 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 no 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 no, okay. hold on all now right. look the the fantasy season is short enough to begin with like we we're all over here complaining like oh my god it's been so long <laughs> we look forward to it every year 100%. it's a lot of fun oh yeah Don't hold your championship in Week 17. Okay. But if you're in a league that, you know, rewards winners or people that place a certain... position with like cookies or something for instance. Sure. Sure. Play week 17 for you just say, total points.
1: You can say money because other people can play for money. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: the point is like my league of record we do that. Our championship was in week 16. Um, my fellow firefighter that works with my dad Kevin won the league. Congrats Kevin. Good. But we still play out week 17 for total point standings and like whoever wins the week gets 10 bucks and stuff yeah. like that. Because then then it's meaningless as the games are for the overall standings. But like you can still play for fun and yeah. start your lineup and, and like you know it. tilt through Sunday one last time. Yeah, that's ah. com- that's
4: completely different than having a championship. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm
3: saying. You can get the best of both both worlds and okay. end your actual season on week sixteen. But I hate your positivity. Have something have <laughs> something to play for in <laughs> week seventeen. I hate your positivity.
2: It's an inside joke, everybody. <laughs> oh <here>. my <laughs> gosh! Uh, we're going to talk about comeback player of the year. We'll make a case for Melvin Gordon, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Shady McCoy, and Demarco Murray. <laughs> We'll talk about Bust of the Year. Spoiler alert. Yeah, Cam Newton, Nuke, Brandon Marshall, Todd Gurley. I'm going to make an interesting case about Todd Gurley here not being Bust of the Year. We'll get to your daily daps. We're going to hit the waiver wire. But as always, we start your show with your top headlines.
1: The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news.
3: Breaking news. Whistles go.
2: I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news.
3: Watch the news. Because I'm a kid. So
2: y'all need to have your kids, have your wife. Uh, we got no franchise today.
3: No franchise. In case no you haven't figured that out yet. I know. <laughs>
2: uh, is still he still on vacation?
3: He's yes. still in Florida? But he should be in the office for Friday. No need for a fiery phone in. He will oh, be here. Hell yeah. Fiery
4: phone in studio. Oh, okay. By the
3: way, yeah. um, we do have some breaking news. What's I don't know that? if you saw via email. Bryce Petty to IR. Yep. For oh. the Jets. I thought you Whoa. said News. Yeah, That's news. We could see Hackenberg on Sunday. Oh, God, you're right. Oh. That's great.
2: Should be great for Todd Bowles' job security.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> should be
2: good. Uh, let's start talking about other quarterbacks, though, that are actually fantasy relevant. Br- brutal news for How today. dare you. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, two young promising quarterbacks, same injury. Broken fibulas for both Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. How bizarre. I know. It's so weird. Uh, And there was another broken fibula as well uh, in Seattle. We'll get to that in a moment. But Derek Carr, Mariota, both gone. Uh, uh, Obviously, I hope they get right for 2017. They're just – it's so brutal because they're both seemingly good guys in this league, uh, good young prospects, and they really developed well uh, in their – respective year so uh definitely hope they get right but what does it mean for week 17 for that Oakland offense Marcus Grant um you
1: know I, I still think you can you're not obviously you're not starting Matt McGloin let's just start oh, yeah, there yeah, yeah. but but I, but, Lamar, I think, Cooper, but I think I think I think you can Krabs. still have a relative level of faith in at least Cooper and Crabtree that he's going to get the ball to the playmakers there okay um I mean, considering those guys have both been very up and down all season long as it is, I mean, I think you still kind of ride with them the same way you would and and hope that this is a positive week here. Um, you know, I'm looking at this I know we're talking the Titans and and you know I feel I feel weird because this is Rose Bowl week and you've got Penn State's Matt McGloin. Versus USC's Matt Castle. And I feel like I should kind of ride with Matt Castle, but in my heart, I know I, I, like in my brain, I know I just can't. I can't pick Castle over McGloin um, intellectually. But my heart says, you know. I like it.
2: Go, Matty Castle. Go, Matty Castle. There you go. Uh, What does it mean for the Titans offense, Matt Harmon? Well, this is, I I think Matt uh,
4: Castle is way worse of an option than Matt McGloin at this point. I, I think Castle's been cooked for a few years now and I think overall you know they'll just they'll probably just run the ball a ton and the wide receivers and Delaney Walker will be who really the only relevant receiver was Rashard Matthews who you know really somewhat quietly probably from the outside maybe not in fantasy as much but has had a really good uh, effective, pretty much breakout campaign. There, there is no way the casual fan knows who Richard Matthews. Is. I would that that's exactly what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like fantasy no players know who Richard Matthews is, but just like the
2: general football public, probably no way. does not.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, I,
2: I, I don't even know if the general Tennessee Titan fan knows who Richard <laughs> Matthews is. But he's been, but he's been very, very good this right. year. A lot uh, of touchdowns. A lot of
4: touchdowns. He's, he's pretty much. Usurped the number one receiver role out right there. But I, so I think those guys will probably have a tough go of it there in week 17 as the
2: Titans. Run play heavy out approach. Straight. I mean, they're yeah. already utilizing a run heavy approach, so I guess that would make a whole heck of a lot of sense. Right. Uh, in Seattle, Tyler Lockett broke his fibula and tibia. Uh, what was it? Pete Carroll told reporters that the bone may have broken through the skin. It did. Yeah. They're
3: watching out mm-hmm. for infection. It did. Oof. Oh, Man. my God.
2: Uh, he's likely, obviously, to miss significant time. I saw that he probably won't be walking uh, anywhere between four to eight weeks. So, you know, obviously, it could mean that he misses a large portion. I mean, obviously, he's going to miss entire off entire offseason. Uh, will he miss time into training camp? We shall see. Carlos Hyde, torn MCL. He's out for week 17. Sean Drone, I don't know how to spell his name ever. Wait, but it was just
3: an MCL sprain, right, not torn?
2: I thought it was a tear, was it not?
3: They corrected it. I <laughs> thought this morning I saw and it was not a tear. I don't think it's so. A tear. It doesn't it doesn't need surgery. I
2: see. I thought I thought I I think wasn't the original report that he had a Oh no, you're right. It is a MCL I sprain. I think they
3: originally feared that or that was the original report, but then after MRIs or whatever they said it was just a sprain. So it's good Does news. Does not need his, surgery. Good news for his long-term outlook for next year. Not, not needing surgery and stuff, but he'll still be out.
2: All right, Sean Drone in week 17.
3: Anyone want that? No, I want Dewan Harris if oh, I have to. Okay, that's a
2: good point. Dewan Harris did play quite
4: well in uh, relief duties, especially as a pass catcher. Yeah,
3: that's true. He's a uh, he's a guy who's popped a co- cro- cro- pff, easy for me to say popped yes. across a couple of places yeah. in the last few years, uh, Green Bay and Minnesota. But he's a he's you know you don't like to use the term violent, but he's a violent runner. He's fast. He's decisive. So he'd be the guy that I want, especially as a volume play, maybe in DFS and stuff for Week 17 over. Shogun Dragon, Shogun
2: Dragon, Dragon <laughs> Dragon. Thomas Rawls shoulder injury. What do you have? Eight yards
3: championship week. Uh, I think so. Ouch.
2: Alex Collins, uh, you did a nice little write up about him, Wizkid. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Alex Collins.
3: Well, I mean, he's a rookie at Arkansas, and uh, right, Arkansas, right? It was him and I think Arkansas so. uh, correct. correct. Yep, yep, yep. And the dude in uh, Jonathan Williams. Williams in Buffalo. But I mean, he came in and looked okay. The Seahawks were behind, so there weren't many backfield opportunities to be had because they were playing catch up so much. But if they sit Rawls, knowing they're already in the playoffs and you know wanting to save him for that, there's not a lot of depth there other than uh, other than Collins. So they might activate uh, one of those other guys, Farmer or uh, or Tremaine Pope. I think one of them's injured. One of himself. Tremaine Pope had an ankle injury. A yeah, I weeks knew one ago, of them was injured. But I wasn't so. sure
2: if he. But might Co- be
3: Collins could be a nice volume play next week, though, because they do play the 49ers. Ooh, give me some of that.
2: Oh, boy. Uh, Doug Martin was a healthy scratch. Status for Week 17, unclear. We don't still have any idea why Doug Martin was ruled inactive for that game. It wasn't, but we do know this, it wasn't because of injury. Mm. A lot of controversy there in Tampa Bay. Wait, what's up with that? I don't want any parts of this backfield. Just I was just going to ask you, MG do, do you still ride Jaquiz Rogers or <laughs> what do you do for Week Seven? Yeah, I just I don't have any faith in
1: uh, just because I don't we don't know how the the touches are going to be divvied up in this thing. I mean, obviously this week was kind of the Jaquiz Rogers week, but. Who knows, maybe next week is the Charles Sims week. I mean, yeah, basically you had uh Dirk Cutter out here intimating that they had four running backs, so that means Peyton Barber potentially is still in Peyton the mix. Barber
2: Baby, let's um, go.
1: There's just so many unknowns and so many variables here that it's hard to have confidence in any one guy in that backfield.
3: Uh I will say this though, if Rogers does get the start outright over Martin, I would okay. consider him. I mean, he averaged four point three yards per carry in the four games where he was the featured back, including this one. Doug Martin, I think, partly got benched because he wasn't producing a lot. He averaged 2.8 yards per carry football. since returning in Week 10. Um, like that's, the, that's hard to, to move an offense when you're averaging 2.8 yards per carry. To your
2: point, Dirk Cutter said that special teams was a big reason as to why they activated Peyton Barber, Pey- Pey- Peyton Barber and Charles Sims. I'm looking at snap counts now for Tampa Bay. Uh, Jack Quiz Rogers had 37. Charles Sims had 23. Peyton Barber had zero on the offensive side. But, again, Peyton Barber does play a little bit of special teams there. So... Mm-hmm.
4: So Doug Martin next year is he going to be back with the team? Because he just signed a contract. That's what I'm saying. I, he, I,
2: I think they have to just contractually, money wise, salary cap. I don't, I, I don't see how you can possibly cut him and, and with want, that much dead money.
4: They want to be a, a run first team too. I mean, Martin never had lower than 16 carries once he returned from injury, and he had over 20, over 23, or 23 or more three
2: times. Doug Martin's on the every other year plan. Does he come back? <laughs> uh,
3: I will, Peyton Barber, to back up what Cutter said, did play 16 special teams plays. Alan Cross played 14. Sims did not play any. Okay. There you in, go. In uh, week 16. Oh, yeah. But, no, I,
2: M.G., I agree with you. I, I want no piece of Doug Martin. I want no piece of Chuck Quiz Rogers. I don't know what's going to happen. Peyton Barber could get a little extra time with a week, week's worth of preparation. Uh, cool. It's gonna be ugly. I
3: him. wonder if Doug was just never right coming back after his injury. Like he was healthy, healthy and cleared, but you know, just lost a little something, and it was wearing him down with all those touches, like you said, Harmon. I mean, what fifteen plus in every every game? Like maybe that's part. More, maybe yeah. that was contributing to it.
2: Might be true. Tyler Eifert placed on IR. He's not going to play Week 17. Uh, Kenneth Farrow also placed on IR. Gordon Melvin Gordon is day to day. Don't know what his status will be for Week 17.
3: I although I don't think I'd play him if he. I like. I hope he gets his thousand yards. That's whatever, what it is. That's what it is. He, he's looking for that benchmark. I wouldn't play him in fantasy. Yeah, that's pretty tough.
2: All right, there you go. Let's talk about the waiver wire. Alex Gelhar writes a, a weekly piece. Uh, gosh, this is the last one, huh, pal? It's
3: the last one. Yeah, it's the
2: last one, baby. Let's go. <laughs> well,
3: like you said, it's just it's kind of just Alex Collins. I was trying to find some flyers, and we uh, we didn't talk about this a lot when we were just hitting at the Marcus or uh, the Mariota and Carr injuries, but. That three-headed committee in Oakland reared its head again. I know
2: and DeAndre Washington. All of a sudden,
3: yeah, looks good. Looked too. really good, I really need. good. Jalen Rashard looked good on his touchdown receptions. So that like, being said, everyone looks good against the Colts. This ah, that's very true. Right but I think these guys could both potentially be in play, especially if they look to try to not throw a lot into the teeth of that Denver defense. Because that was on s- the road in Denver. So I think these guys could be like in deeper leagues if you're still playing. They could be a little. They could be flex options. You just Can gotta just hope say, they get in there.
2: I was on full tilt. Because I, I have Latavius Murray.
3: Oh, no. And, and they
2: gave it to him a couple times down there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and he just could not punch it in. Uh, I don't believe – it's not that the coaching staff, Jack Del Rio, uh, I, I don't think they've lost faith in Latavius Murray. At all. I mean, they still gave it to him in those goal-to-go situations. It just He just couldn't punch it no, in. No, he anymore.
3: led the team in snaps and touches, too, yeah. in that backfield. But it's just they – like what the other guys bring to the table too. I think. They said
4: all offseason that they right. they thought they needed more options to go along with Murray, and then you know these rookies like DeAndre Washington was a healthy scratch a couple of weeks he ago was. there for, yep. for two weeks in a row. I yeah. think so. You know they don't have like a they, they at many points did not have a clear number two runner, but they
3: might now. Uh, and then as for wide receivers, I think it's it's uh, smart to chase the volume and production of guys like Adam Thielen, Cameron Meredith. Been seeing a ton of targets. J.J. Nelson is, you know, he's inconsistent, but he's delivering at least a touchdown over the last, like, five weeks or so. Uh, The Jags' number one wide receiver, Marquise Lee, available in plenty of weeks. He's also their number one quarterback. Yeah.
4: you can, Okay, you can You can say he's their number one quarterback, but you're just being disingenuous if you say he's the number one. Or something. We're just doing it to get a rise uh, out of you. I, I love it.
3: And I think Charles Clay, I mean, the dude's been on fire the last couple of weeks. You guys laughed at me when I said Charles Clay. Oh, no, yeah. you're right.
4: Yeah, no, what? for sure. I'll, I'll cop to being wrong hey, on that one. He helped me uh, in a third-place game in one league. There so. we go. Hey, man. <laughs> Six, Where? seven, and ten targets the last three weeks. Where
2: is that franchise drop, brother? Oh, you deserve I, oh, it. you right. I yeah. should, I should You up, absolutely. I, oh, that's, that's the fiery phoning. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone
3: want to Yes. yes. Go, Franchise lives in spirit. I mean, I don't really want to tap dance over voice. being right on Charles Clay, but whatever. And then, uh, hey. Hey,
2: man, that was legit.
3: If you hadn't done anything
2: until you c- came on board with him.
3: If you're desperate, Tom Savage. Could stream him against, Tommy Savage. Could stream him against the Titans. They the Macho
2: Man. The
4: Titans just revived Blake Bortles.
3: Exactly. Career, they just sakes. they just revived that's Blake true. Bortles. Marquise Lee is dropping dimes on him. <laughs> and Bill O'Brien said the Texans are going to play their starters, so like <laughs> they need this offense to get into a rhythm, and uh, he could go out and sling it. So that's a good point. They by the way, the they, yeah, they can't probably.
2: afford to sit people. No. Huh? I, I love the fact that that they have to address that the Texans. I love the fact that the Texans have to address whether or not they're going to play. Pe- dude, rest- Houston, you guys suck. Resting, stop. You're re- not going to rest your guys,
4: dude. Resting starters. Twitter is out of control this year. It's people, so great. people were calling out the Raiders for having.
0: I know. For having Derek Carr what? in that it's game like, with like 11 about? minutes left, well, it's little, like against, what
4: are
2: you throwing the ball for with Andrew eleven minutes? Luck and yeah. the Colts? Hello, right.
4: what? Like you don't get it. Like everybody is not Andy Reid. You don't get a two touchdown lead and then sit on it for an entire game. It doesn't work like that. There are 11 minutes left in the game. You can't just take the, the starting quarterback out of there. Like then you got to start talking. Like where, where's you know we're talking about where's the line with all these college players sitting out bowl games? Where the hell is the line with people pulling <laughs> starters out of out of games? It's it's out it's outrageous and to think that the Cowboys could then pull starters in this game and then go three weeks without playing a meaningful football game with a bunch of rookies. It's insane. It's, it's You're out of control. Rest your starters, Twitter.
2: You're out of control. I don't get it. I do not get it.
4: Yeah,
2: let's go. Uh, all right, it's fantasy award season. Let's go. We're going to start with Comeback Player of the Year. We're going to start with positivity, and then we'll go into the dark side. Okay? All right. <laughs> uh, Comeback Player of the Year. Here's your nominees. I want you guys to vote, okay? Uh, Melvin Gordon. Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Shady McCoy, DeMarco Murray will start with a resume for Melvin Gordon. He's your RB7 on the year thus far. He's got still, by the way, still your RB7, still a top 10 running back. He's got 1,416 total yards. He's got 12 total touchdowns. Comeback player of the year because in 2015, he was booty. (laughs) 833 total yards and very infamously scored zero touchdowns. Despite playing, what, thir- start starting 13 games, I think, last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, double-digit games, for sure. I think he played 15 games last year. Had zero touchdowns. Highly regarded, high draft pick out of Wisconsin. Everyone said he was a bust in 2015. Nobody wanted a piece of him in 2016. And here he is, racking up 1,400 total yards and 12 touchdowns. Jordy Nelson, your wide
3: receiver, two by a whopping On. point two points. Well, hey, still, still number there. two. Did still number happen, two. It, happen? it, happen? it happened, guys. <laughs> even if he was, even if he was
2: number five, it's real. It, it is remarkable to see uh, Jordy Nelson that high, uh, nearly twelve hundred yards,
3: fourteen touchdowns. League leading.
2: Hello. Uh, he was going somewhere in the late second, early third round. Yeah. Of most fantasy second drafts. Seems right to me. Um and, and not saying that he vastly outperformed his ADP because he was still going pretty high, but uh, keep in mind this is a guy that didn't even play football last year. Devontae Adams, this is my pick. Mm. This is my pick, and this is the reason why. He's the wide receiver 9 in 2016. Top 10 wide receiver, 966 yards. He's got double-digit touchdowns. He's got 10 Jeez. touchdowns. Last year he had 483 total yards <laughs> and a single <laughs> touchdown, and he was... I mean, the most – He was booty? He was so He was boot. the most booty. He was the most the booty. biggest booty. Um, I'll tell you, <laughs> I mean, he was just getting ripped to shreds in the media and by fantasy enthusiasts everywhere, Devontae Adams. Can I just add, because I've got
4: uh, consensus ADP from the offseason pulled okay. up. Devontae Adams, wide receiver, 67 ADP, 226th overall. Some wide receivers that were ahead of him, Terrence Williams, Philip Dorsett, Tyler Boyd, Danny Amendola, Laquan Treadwell, Victor Cruz, Makes Josh Doxton, Doriel Green-Beckham. I mean. All of these make sense.
2: All of these. <laughs> no, but here's the All of those things make sense. You yes. figured Jordy Nelson was coming back. Months Randall ago. Cobb was going to be there. Yeah, I mean, uh, Devontae Adams looked terrible. Uh, there was some you know preseason buzz surrounding you know. I, well, look, we saw Jeff Janis go crazy in the playoffs. Is, is he going to supplant Devonte Adams in the starting
3: lineup? There were actually p- reports in the Green Bay media that he might be on the roster bubble. I remember us. Adams? Yeah. See? I remember us bemoaning
4: in the preseason that, like, these guys couldn't stay on message. Like, half the B-Riders like, he looked great. Rodgers still believes him. Half of them were like, he's going to get cut. <laughs> that's just how <laughs> unclear the situation was.
1: I love that he was drafted behind Laquan Treadwell, who has one more catch than any of us in this room combined. Oh, my God. What happened to
4: Laquan? <laughs> uh, is that's he, a, that's is a he good, hurt? That is, is a good
1: off-season discussion. Yeah. yeah,
4: it's a discussion for later. Because right. a lot of Twitter jokes on Sunday night about Cody Core, his former, who, the, who the hell is Cody Core, like, his former— former Ole Miss teammate, got 14 targets from the Bengals. I had Bengals. no idea who in the hell Cody Moore he was. <laughs> Last Uh Legit. Sunday,
2: uh, Shady McCoy, he's got 1257 rush, 350 uh, receiving. That's 1,607 total yards. 1,600 for Shady McCoy. He's got 14 total touchdowns, 13 of them on the ground. This following a 2015 where he had 895 on the ground, 292 through the air. So he had 1187 total Decent yardage wise, but he only had five total touchdowns last year. Remember when it was a big storyline last year that he could not get into the end zone? I and remember that. Fir- Do you guys remember that first touchdown? He he did not actually score. Where he mm. scored it, he unlocked the bank, That's took right. that money out. There's a penalty, and then right? there was a penalty on. It, <laughs> it was, great. was great. It was terrific. Then there's Demarco Murray, twelve sixty six on the ground. 379 through the year. He's got 1645 total. He's got 12 total touchdowns. This following a disastrous 2015 where he had 702 rushing yards, 322 receiving yards, so 1,025 total yards. So he's got more than 600 yards more this year than he did last year, and he had seven total touchdowns last year. Um, and, man, everyone said DeMarco was washed. Yep. Yes, everyone. Oh, I was so wrong about I,
4: Marco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I it. Marco, pretty much. It was like Derrick Henry knew well, exactly he have that job by mid year. Yep, yep. Boy, do the Eagles look bad too for giving him away? Him I him mean, away. you Nothing. can you can obviously Nothing. rip on uh, Chip Kelly for mismanaging the situation and all that, yada yada. But then in the offseason, Eagles couldn't get him out of town fast enough for like a swap and a fourth round pick or something like that. That's right. Uh, and could, that offense right now would look very nice with uh, DeMarco Murray leading the backfield there. All
2: right, so, gentlemen, you vote. Tell me, who is it that you like for comeback player of the year?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with Jordy Nelson, uh, partially because for a couple of these guys, guys like Melvin Gordon and Devontae Adams, uh, to me it comes down to the definition of comeback player. Uh, it, that suggests that you have done it at a high level, then faded back and then returned, have come back. That makes sense. Um, that makes so sense. I think so for me that that disqualifies Gordon and Devontae Adams. And I think yeah, you know, when you compare Jordy to Shady and Demarco, um, his his bounce back from last year obviously being hurt and not playing a down during the regular season, basically giving you you know having zero yeah compared to what he's doing now that that makes him the winner for me.
4: Matt Harmon. Uh, see, and I'm going to go the other direction because while in real life football, I agree that comeback player of the year should be like you came back from something, not you came back from sucking. I don't <laughs> think that really but, – but I also want to go the other way just to underscore the nebulous yeah. rules of these of these awards, even in no, real There's football. no real There's no, rules. There's there's no, no, no real guidelines. Rules. That, <laughs> there's not at all. The best part of it – and I'm actually going to go with Melvin Gordon, okay. who was you know worthless in fantasy last year, never scored a touchdown. We know that. Uh, consensus adp had him at running back 23 okay and our site had him at 31, uh, the lowest on the source that I'm looking at right now uh, and that is just outrageous value to get from drafting a running back there who is essentially uh, what round was he going in and like oh like just to for context, I remember we did our one of our league drafts and franchise took him I think I think in the fourth round and got laughed out of the
3: room. On, yeah, it was fourth that. or fifth, and like Fabiano let him rip, and other people. Went, oh, oh my god! Fabs went a- to
4: town on on drafting him when when uh, when franchise went and drafted him in the sixth round on like our Periscope or something. Like that. That's might right. Have, That's might right. have even been later, and yeah, Fabs really let him have it for that one, and it's like. You're, get, I mean, you're getting an outrageous return on your investment. For Crazy, right there. He's Crazy. also a good illustration of you know why you you know why you can draft zero RB teams, and also like the just the general chaos that running backs can, uh, can can benefit from. Because quite frankly, Danny Woodhead doesn't get hurt. Melvin Gordon's not having this season. He's having a good season, but he's not having this kind of fantasy season. It's probably a good point. Wiz.
3: Well, I know we know I'm I'm a, I'm a Packer homer, but I have to go with Jordy Nelson too. Right, here just we go. okay. Just for the pure <laughs> fact of when we look at the numbers of what he did this season. Well, Jordy Nelson was like Eric Decker last year on steroids with how consistent he was for your fantasy lineup. He only had two weeks with fewer than eight fantasy points, and every other top receiver Brown, Odell, Evans, he'll else near the top. You know, four to seven sure. of those kind of seasons. Jordy was just the most consistent guy. He's gotten better as the years gone on and he's gotten healthier. And like it you know, it it's it's been a great example of all that hand wringing over such a great player, but he's he's just simply been tremendous in fantasy and anybody that have him I know Marcus just is going to Knock on wood, win a fantasy championship unless uh, Jason Williams <laughs> drops fifty three fantasy a game points. Game for the ages, <laughs> and uh, and Jordy Nelson was a big uh, part of your success. So that's true. I just think the fact that he was at such a high level, came back from a serious injury, is in his early thirties, and returned to such a high level is why we have to. Why I would give it to him.
4: You could also make the argument he's. Comeback player of the year From just the middle of the season I mean James Coe read his eulogy Oh yeah he was dead <laughs> <laughs> He was dead <laughs> was, He was I dead mean, <laughs> it's cause And cause you weren't he weren't alone And dead. you weren't alone After that Thursday night game Against the Bears Where he had oh, one catch One God. catch for
3: nine yards Those were his bad two dead. games The Dallas game He had 68 yards And a, a fumble Oh yeah And then Chicago He had nine yards And he was James, dead And then he James was dead James Coe wrote his eulogy <laughs> Next game 94 and a touch Game after 94 and a touch Game after 126 and a touch So
2: you know what You're welcome <laughs> You're welcome. And, and to give your poor – Green Bay, you're welcome. And anyone who had Jordy Nelson in fantasy, you're welcome. Yeah, to, to give your poor Packers, you know, the persecuted Packers,
4: some credit here. Persecuted Packers. Uh, like, they really actually – must have heard James's podcast and been like, right. look, look, we got to do something with Jordy Nelson. Because after that game, they started moving <laughs> him around more, having yep. him play in the slot. And his, you know, his, like, separation scores really increased. So, yeah, definitely big – Big ups to them for helping Jordy out to make James look like an idiot.
2: Oh my gosh, I love it. Uh, like I said, I will vote for Devonte Adams only because last year, holy well, because here's the thing: he goes from huge bust because last year in 2015 he was going in that you know fourth. Fifth, sixth he round He snuck range. up there, yeah. He it, got crazy well, high. He
1: also got, I mean, he got a huge bump from Jordy's injury.
2: Well, that's what it was. That's yeah.
4: what it was. His ADP even before that was already, like, in the eighth round. And yeah. I was, I remember back then, like, in early MFL 10s when people are drafting this I'm like, dude, you can't take
3: him in the eighth round. And then Jordy gets her and just, whoosh, I just spiked again. I have some sound effects that recap Devontae's season. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh.
2: Huh. That seems effective. Uh, and, and, and so that's what it was. 2015, the, the the hype train behind him was just insane. He went into, like, the fourth round of a lot of leagues. It was just nuts. And it's funny because this kind of production is what all the fantasy enthusiasts were expecting of him last year. You know, something approaching 1,000 yards, something approaching double-digit touchdowns, and he just bombed. I mean, the bad drops uh, – were highlighted over and over and over again on your favorite highlight show, and he just fell out of favor with the Green Bay offense, and and Matt Harmon just illustrated how far he fell in fantasy depth charts as well. He just came out of nowhere Mm. and just balled. He absolutely balled, 966 uh, receiving and 10 touchdowns. I don't know. That's my vote.
3: But- Speaking of those dro- of drops, he's had three bad ones the last couple weeks. If yep. he would have caught those, he he'd be second in the league in touchdowns behind Nelson and be over 1,000 yards. Is that right? Because he had two bad drops against the Bears, and he dropped another one oh, that's this past right. week against Minnesota. That's
2: right. That's right. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I think it's been a remarkable to see, and it's amazing to me. It continues to amaze me how much confidence plays a role in professional um,
3: athletics. Yep. It's a psychological game, too, man. It is. It's amazing because
2: right. they're not video games out there. You know what I mean?
3: Yep. They're not robots. Not they ro- are not, not cyborgs.
2: No, <laughs> they're not cyborgs. But so uh, that is my vote. But. Two votes for Jordy, one for Melvin Gordon, one for Devontae Adams. So thus, according to the podcast, Jordy Nelson, your Fantasy Live podcast comeback player of the year. Wow,
0: what an achievement.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk bust of the year, shall we? So the yin and the yang, We, we go. we start positive, and then we're going
3: to go negative. All right. All right, so oh, I apologize. I
2: are we even allowed to say "Boss of the Year"? Or are we supposed to say "Disappointment of the Year"? Whatever. And
3: we're we're on this podcast. Nobody <laughs> important. Nobody so we're is going to say until whatever until shadowy the hell we we figures want. <laughs> come in here.
2: All right, fine. We'll we'll, we'll stick with uh, of S-
3: Sads right. of the Year. All right. Sads
2: of the Year? Sure. Let's S- go Sads. Sads with a Z of yeah, the Year. Yeah, I like it. Sads of the Year. Here we go. Cam Newton, your quarterback 16. He's out of the top 10. He's out of the top 12. He's your quarterback 16. He's got 18 pass touchdowns, five rush touchdowns, fewer than 13 fantasy points five times, which is if you're playing Cam Newton, those are weak killers. Mm. Five times scored fewer than 13 points. In 2015, he was the QB one. He had 45 total touchdowns, 35 through the air, 10 on the ground. Uh, he's been a big-time disappointment this year. New Hopkins, he's your wide receiver 39, 831 receiving yards, four touchdowns. He's had less than six points eight times. Again, we talk about weak killers. New Hopkins killed your week probably eight times. Uh, he has, by the way, he has 0.5 points more than Cole Beasley. That's not good. That's not good. In 2015, he was the wide receiver 6. He had 1,521 yards and 11 touchdowns. Holy hell. Uh, Brandon Marshall. This one's an interesting one. He's a wide receiver 49. He has 788 yards and 3 touchdowns. This following a 2015 campaign where he had 1,500 receiving yards and 14 touchdowns. That is Br- brutal, Todd Gurley. I know is going to be a very popular pick. And as a matter of fact, I think the Twitter, uh, the the fantasy Twitter handle put this out right. Uh, bust of the year and, and Todd Gurley was on there, and I think he was crushing it in terms of in terms of the votes. But he is currently your RB twenty one. He's got eight hundred forty five rush yards, two ninety receiving. He's got six touchdowns. Uh, he has had eight or fewer points six times. Last year, he was your RB five. Nearly 1,300 total yards, 10 touchdowns, and this is basically in 12 games. 12 games started. He played 13, but wasn't really, you know, mm-hmm. the guy in the first game that he played. So in 12 games started, he racked up 1,300 total yards and 10 touchdowns. He was a beast. All right, so we'll start with Matt Harmon. I know where you're going, but that's okay. Explain to the folks, and and I'll have an interesting counterpoint to this, but uh, tell the folks who you believe to be the fantasy bust of the year.
4: Yeah, I am I am definitely interested to hear your counterpoint cuz to me it's it's Todd Gurley and I think because he's just the high, he was just simply because he was the highest drafted of these guys. 100%. I mean, he was pretty much to almost everybody a top 5 overall pick. 100%. The the first running back off the board, yada yada yada. And I mean, he was me couple was awful. Just just awful to own. It was a it was awful to own Todd Gurley because you knew he was going to get the volume each and every week whereas like guys like Brandon Marshall and you know DeAndre Hopkins those players I mean you you go in like knowing like I don't even know if the quarterback is going to be looking their way I mean that was what was so appealing about Nuke was like well you, th- you thought he's going to get a ton of passes thrown his way and that just didn't happen and yeah for me Gurley like he gave you some usable weeks for sure but considering what you drafted like where you drafted him and also like If you were really insistent on taking a running back in the first round this year, you look pretty smart. Like a lot of Zeke, you know, David Johnson, those guys hit big. Even the next round back, Le'Veon Bell and... uh, and Devontae Freeman. Yeah, Freeman or or Shady or any of these guys, you know, you look really smart for taking a running back early. But if you rolled the dice and it landed on Gurley, you're feeling pretty bad. You weren't even rolling the
2: dice, really. No, I mean, people it didn't seem like a nice one. No, that's not, what I'm saying. Not, Everyone said would have
4: thought you were not exactly.
2: <laughs> Basically, you're looking at that that total yardage. You're looking at the touchdowns, and you're thinking, well, even if he gives me that production over 16 games, you'd be happy with that. And
4: the workload, I mean, it has it has been there for for Gurley. He right. even got involved in the passing game during stretches, which he did not, you know, as a rookie. And so it has been awful. I I would say he's probably the bust of the year, almost simply because he went higher than pretty much everybody else on the list.
2: So here's my counterpoint, uh, which is I get it. I totally understand uh, the fact that he did not deliver the top five value. But he was still, he is still a top 20-ish running back. So every single week, did he give you great numbers? No. But in a year where running back was, I mean, decimated, this was a guy that, yes, he would disappoint in terms of uh, point totals versus expectations every single week. And I get it. So the disappointment, he was a disappointment every single week relative to expectations. That part I understand. But still, the RB21, and and quite frankly, if you look at his point totals on a week-to-week basis – it was not great, obviously, but there were very, very few weeks where it was just awful. He had nine points or more seven times this year. That's not great, obviously. It's not week changers. But if you just took the name off the back uh, of, of, the, of the guy and you said, all right, well, it's not Todd Gurley. It's just running back X. And I told you running back X is going to be a top 20 running back uh, every single week. And every single week... You're likely to get anywhere between you know seven and twelve points. Would you take that? I think the answer would be resounding
3: yes. Yeah, but you wouldn't take it with your first you overall would not take, or top five pick. Uh, yeah. You wouldn't take it in the top fifteen. I get that. Just guess what? I got that with Frank Gore in round eight.
2: No, no. I look. I totally understand that. I totally understand that. But let's say, f- for example, you look at some of the other running backs that you might have taken in that in those top two rounds. There was a. T- a re- Ridiculous amount of injuries. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. uh, Jamal Charles was another guy. So, I don't know. I mean, he was obviously a disappointment. It's just, to me, I look at this list, and I think Nuke has got to be, for me, the biggest bust of the year. Uh, Only because, again, here's another guy that also was going in the top 12 picks in most drafts, and every single week you had to throw him out there because you're thinking, well, the talent level's got to come through, and it never did.
4: Yeah, I think that's, you know, well within reason to say.
1: Who's up next for voting? <laughs> uh, Marcus? Sure, I'll go next. Um, I mean, I'm looking at this list, and I'm, I'm trying to, to come up with a reason that it shouldn't be Todd Gurley, and I'm really struggling to. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I mean, you know, like Cam, yes. Cam Newton is a huge disappointment. Um, there's no doubt about that. It's your own fault for drafting a quarterback. Um I speak you know I feel like I feel like you know with Nuke a lot of his problems really weren't on him a lot of that had to do with Brock Osweiler just not being able. I mean cuz Nuke far and away led the Texans in targets mm-hmm. just none of the targets were catchable so
3: I, or the, or they were targeted at him but went to the other team Right there's like, that brought that, there's that, brought that up on um, the couch I think he had like Eight interceptions when targeting Nuke because the throws were just so off. Because he could not throw to the outside. (laughs) Right. Right. Which which is why I mean eight interceptions to one player though. Like well, he was targeting one player. <laughs> which
1: I mean, which is honestly why I I that's insane. That's insane. I semi-jokingly on Twitter a few weeks ago suggested that you know the analytics people out there come up with a metric called quality targets as opposed okay. to just targets. Sure. Um, you know what? Here he goes. I will I will make a case for Brandon Marshall as the bust of the year, and I think a lot of it is because he flew under the radar. I feel like as we all sat around and lamented the fantasy demises of DeAndre Hopkins and Allen Robinson, Brandon Marshall. Flew under the radar at, at wide receiver 49. I agree. S- fewer than 800 yards, just three touchdowns. And I think I think what makes it glaringly bad is that let's go back to the summer. And we all remember when the Jets finally signed Ryan Fitzpatrick and the, the, the Twitter and Instagram posts of everybody celebrating in the locker room. Yeah. You know the uh, the videos of Geno Smith looking sad, wearing a hat that said <laughs> "wearing a hat that said no friends" on it, and everything uh, like you know, just basically being persona uh, non grata. Right. And you know, us expecting, okay, this means Brandon Marshall. Hey, you know, he's safe again. He's a right. safe fantasy pick again. Okay, maybe he doesn't give you fourteen touchdowns this year and fifteen hundred yards, but he's gonna be a wide receiver one, Dadgummit. Right? Uh no, no, no. I mean, he was he was barely a wide receiver five this year. Last year, Brandon Marshall
4: only had he had 60 or he had 60 yards and or a touchdown in every single game every single game that's and the only other one like he had he had 70 yards and or a touchdown in all but one game that's outrageous like consistency consistency floor yada yada everything that you want to put it and that floor just whoosh,
3: bottomed out this year I think there were a number of things that hurt one losing Eric Decker Two, Ryan Fitzpatrick turning back into a pumpkin because you look at Brandon Marshall's first three games though 32 yards disappointing 101 yards solid day 27 yards ah 89 in a touch 114 in a touch but then there's that Arizona game thrashing on uh, Monday Night Football I think when the wheels really started to fall off for the Jets it was their fourth straight loss their fifth in the first six weeks and from then on out it just went like yep <sighs> see ya and Fitzpatrick got injured and pulled. Then he was dealing with Bryce Petty. Marshall got injured. So it's a lot of things that conspired against him. I mean, nobody expected him to re- achieve that height again. I can I could definitely understand the disappointment. But, like, a lot of things conspired into Brandon Marshall's downfall this year.
2: It's true. I mean, there's age uh, concerns as well. But, you know, the Decker thing I think is really interesting because, no, you're right. Uh, when you had those two big targets out there, it makes it awfully tough uh, to guard you know and and they were just rolling coverage over to Brandon Marshall although i got to say it's so weird though when when the jets get down big in any normal fantasy scenario you're thinking okay this is garbage time points and brandon marshall didn't really get garbage time points Mm-mm. he's a player to go back and and
4: definitely watch a lot uh in the off season to really dig into him because you know this is i mean you're right the garbage time would be interesting to, to check like was he playing, you know, at 100%? Like, was he Was he playing all that well? Because, you know, the interesting thing about the Jets, too, you mentioned all that garbage time. Like, I really expected that to actually help their fantasy receivers this year. Right. Because last year they were, I think they were already, like, top 10 in pass attempts. This year they're all the way down at 22nd, which you would think is, is a little shocking considering that they've
2: been right.
3: <laughs>
4: bad I mean, It makes no sense.
2: I know. Well. Interesting. That is interesting. I just noticed right. that now. All right. So, uh, Wizkid, your vote goes to?
3: Mine's got to go to Todd Gurley as well simply because of how high he was. He was up there. I mean, Cam. I know I made the case for Aaron Rodgers. Cam had been a, a strong fantasy quarterback, but Rodgers, uh, aside from 2015, every year that he started more than 15 games was the quarterback one or two. Right. And that's going to hold true again this year. Where he's the QB one. Cam, like all the statistics were pointing towards regression for him, and a number of articles were written about it. So nobody expected him to fall this far, but oh, like this was just a- some a bit of a drop was expected. As with Nuke, I feel like. I know Harmon and I threw cold water in it. There were other things. You could see that trend late last year when the offense got its act together in Houston and his targets dropped again. Not this big of a fall, but it's got to be Gurley. Like he doesn't even have as many total yards in fifteen games now as he did last year in twelve. Like, <laughs> like I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, he has still been a somewhat consistent contributor. But right. Todd Gurley has won people zero weeks this year in oh, fantasy, true. and for zero. a first round pick, like, you know. David Johnson, Zeke had those games. Where you're like, well, they were in your lineup if you were facing them. Let me, let me ask RIT.
2: you this: Let me ask you this: Would you rather? Would you rather have a guy go down with injury in the first round? I mean, would you? Would you rather? I'll, here, this is the way to put it: Would you rather have had Adrian Peterson or Todd Gurley?
3: Probably Peterson, because then I just know that. That's what's that's going the question. On. No, no, that's, that's the fair, question. That's
4: a fair point. Like. Cause I think that's the the problem uh, with with these guys too is like you get to and you're, you get to a point and I know I'm that way like how can I not be starting DeAndre Hopkins you know what if he goes like and and there's a lot of people that feel like well if he goes off on my bench then I feel like an idiot but. Sometimes it's better to just know. <laughs> Sometimes it's like it's like in the relate. It's like the end of a, a really bad relationship, and you're right. just like, "Oh God, for God's sake, like, just pull the plug already. You guys are gonna break up. Just get it over with." <laughs> yeah, and so
3: that's, I, I that's think the that's problem that's, with Gurley and he was never even able to beat good matchups. Like right, he's Forty ers last 49ers. <laughs> Like backup running good. backs. Backup running backs yeah. for going for a 100 plus against the 49ers. And Gurley averaged like 2.9 yards a carry again. Um,
4: if we can also just say, like, some, one lesson I think to learn from Hopkins, especially because, Gelhar, you mentioned you and I uh, were, were lower on nuke than other people. We kind of threw a little, not this much
3: yeah, low, no, not but like,
4: much. definitely threw some caution on that. I remember getting just. Beat the hell up on Twitter for having that take. I mean, because people are like, that's stupid. No way. Quarterback's better this year. You know, he's going to see all those targets again. Like, it's just a reminder that don't, like, don't always, like, no way should not be in your vocabulary with this stuff because a lot of things can change from year to year.
3: I also was thinking about this too with Devontae Adams. Remember, uh, I think Marcus. It was a quote. You and you and Harmon. I remember. I think were the ones that said it on this podcast too. That said, like if Randall Cobb doesn't finish as a top fifteen wide receiver, so something went horribly, horribly wrong. Something
1: yeah, so went horribly wrong. Well, Here thing we is, are, <laughs> is
2: the thing is, a top ten and Cobb's like
3: a wide receiver forty. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like
3: things can change.
1: Damn, you're right. We really did say that. <laughs> yeah, I totally. I put that in print too. It is. It is on our website. I'm pretty in sure. Print.
4: I think there was like a graphic made up when I said it. Oh. Yeah, we put
1: it. It was out on like social. I, we I know that. I find it. I know that Jesus. I wrote that and I said it. And I oh, know you man. wholeheartedly agree.
3: I'm with gonna. You, I'm actually
4: gonna find that right now and quote tweet it <laughs> and make fun of myself. Oh,
3: <laughs> but I mean, no, it's because you're right. It's a good point. Like you know, and it's not that everything went horribly wrong for Cobb. He got a little injured, and Adams ascended. Like things change, teams evolve, players true. Players can grow and find roles during the season. The so. thing about things is they change.
2: Uh, I think wasn't the crux of your you guys is uh throwing cold water on the the whole nuke thing. His targets. Uh, like, yeah, that the volume was
3: came down a bunch. He averaged like 14 a game for the first right. 8 and then they established a running game, where playing better overall football and weren't down by 40 points every week you know, and like, they came down to like a 9 to 10 range. And the
4: crazy thing what was so crazy about it to me was like everybody talked about uh regression is coming for Allen Robinson, you know, regression is coming for, you know, whoever and then Nuke was just completely immune from that. When we already saw the regression take place in 2015 where he was like a top five receiver yeah. uh, in the first half of the season. Then the second half of the season when the Texans started Running the football, which right. you know they wanted to do when they signed Miller, and playing more, better defense, and playing better defense, and you know winning games, which by the way is what the the NFL teams actually want to do. Right. Uh, he was like the wide receiver twelve, so we'd already seen that regression take place.
2: It's so interesting uh, how much target share and, and estimated targets per game impact uh, fantasy because you know the talent level still certainly there for Nuke, but. Uh no you're right uh, he's just not getting quality yeah. targets as, as Marcus Grant has so astutely pointed out. All right so coming up uh so obviously Todd Gurley is going to be uh your NFL Fantasy Live podcast bust of the year no congratulations <laughs> to needed there. Uh, on Sorry, Friday Todd. <laughs> uh, we will be talking about uh well it's it's interesting right because like when we when you watch your favorite television show or or listen to your favorite program or whatever it is uh, I always get annoyed when they don't tie up loose ends. Mm-hmm. So, thus, the pod, this podcast will not be uh, falling to that. We will try to tie up as many loose ends as possible. On Friday, we're going to be giving you an update on who was the champions of the OG League, of the Bearded League, And of the Danger Zone League. What's wrong? I just found
4: found that Randall Cobb graphic, and he said, I don't think there's any way he doesn't get back into the top 10 (laughs) or the top 15. Matt Harmon on Randall Cobb.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess there was a way. There was a way. Uh, all right, so and then James, yeah, we're updating on the leagues. We're gonna tell you what on pace, Mister On Pace, Mark Ingram is on pace for. Exactly,
2: he's got 940 rush yards right now because oh he's my 60. God. If you if you've listened to the podcast with any kind of regularity, you know that I am a noted uh, NFC South running back hater. I don't know what it is about these NFC South running backs, but I'm not a fan. I don't know what I don't know what it is. Uh, I've I've Coined Mark Ingram as on pace because every single you can't talk about Mark Ingram without talking about what he
3: is on pace to do. Well, because everybody's always like, never had a thousand yards in a I season, mean, dude, but he on, was
2: on pace. He's on, he's on pace for a thousand yards right he now. He is on pace for a thousand yards. By the way, boom. Uh, he's, hey, listen, pal, just calm down, okay? Uh, he's got nine hundred forty rush yards right now. Uh, it's the best year of his career through a lot of metrics. But, again, we'll give you uh, the final rush tally on Mark Ingram on Friday. March to 1100 is officially dead, but we'll give you the final tally there. Uh, I was super hyper on Marvin Jones. I looked like a genius through three weeks, and then, (gasps) wow, that died very quickly. Um, What else did we – oh, and and we're also going to give you – well, I guess we got to wait till next week on this one. We had a gentleman's agreement, a gentleman's proposition between Matt Harmon and myself. Hey,
3: you have to wait till next week. We can't do it on Friday. Can't a do lot, it on Friday. A lot could change on Sunday. A lot
2: could change. True. <coughs> How much is. uh? So this is Tyler Boyd, the Brandon LaFell in what is the grossest wide receiver uh, gentleman's agreement. I gotta say, it I fantasy. I am a pretty you know when I'm watching football, like I'm pretty
4: measured. I don't like get super hyped about many things. Yeah, but I, I in front of my father <laughs> when when Brandon <laughs> LaFell took that 87 yards to the, the house. house I went, Whoa! <laughs> I, was, I was like LaFell in the middle in the middle of the living room. He's like. And he's like, "What's what's up? Why do you care?" I'm like, you don't want." It.
3: I also love how you guys had just gone back and forth on Twitter I like yeah, five right? minutes earlier, like, "Oh man, this could change," and then you replied to him like, "Oh well, yep." Welp.
4: I tweeted at you, LaFell, and then you, at the same time, you replied back. You had tweeted back at me
2: on the original one, like, "Well, never welp. mind, <laughs> never mind. I shall go back into uh, the
3: hedges." Before we jump into daily daps, too, yeah. uh, while we're think- talking about what's coming ahead, yeah, I want to request that our listeners also tell us some of your favorite moments from the podcast season because we're probably going to put together a sort of, like, best of episode. We're trying to, yeah. Some of our great segments and stuff. I was thinking about a couple recently. I just need to take some time and sift back through. All right, so uh, listeners, do
2: us a solid, man. Find us on Twitter, like, subscribe, rate the podcast. And as a matter of fact, in your rating of the podcast, would you please put your favorite moments in the podcast so that we can search through and kind of put that together? And I'll tell you what. Um, if you do it, we will get your name and rating out there. Oh. Uh, from uh, rate and review. We'll, we'll put all that stuff together. We'll, basically, it'll we'll be like, hey, this is courtesy of Mark S. from wherever uh, who rated and reviewed the podcast and, and tipped us out to this.
3: Yeah. We'll so, give you a shout out or get it to us any way possible. Reviews, ideal. Twitter, great. Facebook, great. I love it. Uh, Harmon's Instagram. You can definitely hit him up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: Are you on Instagram, bro? Yeah, dude, I'm on Instagram. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's nothing it's but
4: pictures of Charlie.
3: And plants.
4: And food
3: Charlie that I cook sometimes. Really exciting stuff. Anyways, we're getting off the rails talking about his Instagram. Should we daily dabs and get out of here?
2: Uh, Yes. If you want to follow my Instagram. Ed, Ed, oh, Ed, me all about it. This is the day.
4: Dabs and hook. Give me dabs because I be scribbling around. Right. Give me dabbing up. depths and bound.
2: <laughs> All right, daily dap time. We're going to start with the WizKid from Wisconsin. Oh, skip me. I forgot when one. Oh, was. just kidding. Okay, I'll start with myself. Undaps to having the fantasy championship on Christmas Eve. That was not cool. <laughs> I Almost was like on,
4: no one cares about your fantasy team.
2: I was on tilt. I thought I'd be open. Like, I'm a seasoned fantasy player. I... You know, work on this podcast. I do it on the television show. I write an article. You'd think I'd be like burned out to this whole thing, right? I'd be steady, measured, not tilt. I was freaking tilting my butt off. Not cool. Don't put all these games on Christmas Eve, man. I mean, I get that week 16 generally falls during this whole Christmas time, but I mean, Roger Goodell, I know you listen to the podcast. Probably not. Hmm. Hope he actually. Uh, we probably. would not be doing the I'm podcast sorry. anymore. <laughs> I, I hope he doesn't actually listen to the podcast. Uh, but can we move week sixteen, either a week earlier or a week after? Because having these championships run on Christmas, essentially, not cool, man. I don't like it because I am out. I lost basically on Saturday in two of my major leagues, and I was on just full tilt. Christmas, it felt terrible. I tried to get over it super quick and I couldn't. I couldn't. I absolutely could. my wife was like, What is wrong with you, man? <laughs> She's like, What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Stop it. Stop it. It's Christmas. And I'm like, Oh, babe, you don't understand. <laughs> fantasy <laughs> championships. So brutal. Uh so undapped to having the fantasy championships that close to Christmas. So there you go uh, Matt Harmon give me a daily dap. yeah I mentioned it early in the show
4: but daps to uh, my mom and Steve, Steve. Uh, for, for their uh, lifelong commitment uh, to each other now okay uh, so very happy for the, I'm very happy for them Steve is, makes my mother very happy and that's that's so uh, cool. all, all that matters so I daps, I daps my 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 dad the last show and I adapt my mom this show so I'm even now
2: and Get off got, my back for and the next you got year. your sister in at some point. So that was good. It's a real family affair here. I like it. Wow. I absolutely. MG, my guy Marcus Grant. What's up?
1: Uh, daily dabs to run the jewels because RTJ three uh, dropped on Christmas Eve. Um, the first two Run the Jewels albums were fantastic. The uh, the collaboration between LP and Killer Mike. Okay. So uh, the new one is out. I've Been listening to it on repeat for the last day or so. Uh, I think you uh, you come for LP's heavy beats. You stay for Killer Mike's Marshawn Lynch references.
2: Oh, is that right? He makes a few.
1: There's a uh, you know go Marshawn Lynch run through a mm, face. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that was that was a lot of fun to hear the first time around. But, good, uh, good, good, good. Yeah. I
2: like it. It's solid. Whiskit from Wisconsin. Daily Dap time.
3: Uh, I couldn't remember anything better, so I'm gonna daily depth Stephen King. I had retweeted this. It came out a couple days before Christmas. Yes. Uh, the author Stephen King. Yes. Uh, wrote a children's book under the pseudonym Beryl Evans. It was called Charlie the Choo Choo. But then, so not only did he write a children's book, yeah. but then he put his own review as Stephen King oh, <laughs> at on the, the top book. of the book <laughs> to promote it. Said, if I were ever to write a children's book, it would be just like this, Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dale Depp's is Stephen King for a, a tremendous troll job of all savage. of America by writing a children's book and then promoting it as himself.
2: That is tremendous. He, uh, he does a lot of different things, by the way. He has a yeah. lot of pseudonyms, actually, because mm-hmm. he writes fantasy. He writes sci-fi. Uh, he does all these different things, but, you know, when you see Stephen King, you think horror. So he's, I get he's
3: it. a fantastic. I mean, if people everybody knows Stephen King, but if you've never actually read any of the books that his movies are based on, they're for awesome. a long time that was all I read was Stephen Stephen King, King. Stephen King books. Is long that right? Are fantastic. So go go pick yeah. one up this holiday season and uh, and check it out.
2: Uh, I, I'll I'll piggyback off of that because I just like the fact that he is. I love creative minds and the fact that he obviously makes a crazy amount of money on being Stephen King. Uh, he could totally just mail it in and just cash them checks? Uh,
1: some of his later books it, it kind of reads like he... No, that's fine.
2: That's going to happen. That is going to happen. But, the fact that he has such a creative mind and wants to do sci-fi, wants to write you know, fantasy novels, wants to write, not fantasy football novels, but you know, uh, but <laughs> a also... A <laughs> novel about fantasy football, good God. <laughs> and also wants to re- write uh, write children's books. I think that's cool. I yeah, like it. I, I, I'm down with it.
3: Yeah, The dude is like... A f- just a machine when it comes to writing novels, though. Like, he writes good ones and he pumps them out frequently. Like, yeah. he's dedicated to his craft. If yeah, you're man. wondering how to be the next Stephen King, gotta, gotta keep work, writing. Gotta work your right. ass off. Gotta keep writing. Right. A lot.
2: Gotta keep writing. All right, that's the show. Franchise with Mitch, pal. All right, for the WizKid from Wisconsin, MG My Guy Marcus Grant, Matt Harmon, and Matt Harmon's dad. I'm James Coe. We're out. Yeah. See you later.
4: Josh Johnson, I think, has been a backup for every NFL team. I'm pretty <laughs> sure at this point it's he's been it's on be every pretty, NFL uh, team. Yeah, it's going to be after you go, after the NFL an the NFL team goes through their requisite Brian Hoyer starts for you stretch. Right. Then you sign Josh Josh Johnson to be your at least number two quarterback or number three quarterback. I believe that's those are NFL those, rules. It's those in are the bylaws. In, those are in the in the rule book, Actually, right. you
3: also have to have a McCown brother at some point.
4: Yeah, one that's of, true. One of them accounts. That's true. Okay.
3: <laughs>
2: and like, is <laughs> Luke still the backup in, in New Orleans?
3: Yes. Correct. He
1: is. Maybe if they just got a
2: chance. I bet some of those backups could really shine. That was
4: really funny how that
0: happened. Yeah, I and know. He actually to, and he actually, well, got actually got to play. Got game time. Yeah, that was great. Um, <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring
4: Mini-golf, anyone?
0: It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com.